Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? it was for security purposes to keep watch over the vineyard there's so many spiritual principles here and I'm not going to go into all of it today but study this out yourself it was a tower for protection they would guard from thieves and from animals and from from pests that would come into the vineyard but secondly it was also where they kept all their valuable tools and their seeds to keep them dry it wasn't like they could get on amazon.com and order you know a new shovel these were handmade this was difficult to acquire they couldn't go to Home Depot, so they kept their tools secure. But the third thing is, is the tower was a tower of refuge. A refuge for the people who worked in the vineyard, who could go in there when the, when the elements, when nature would come against them, when it would rain, when it would pour, when it would be cold and windy. They could get out of the elements. They could rest there. They could be protected. It also was a place they could rest overnight sometimes. They would sleep or take naps. It's where they could fellowship together and have a meal together. And so these towers were important. And so obviously, when we're looking at this, God is the owner of the vineyard. And obviously, the vineyard itself is Israel. And the vine dressers in this parable are the religious leaders of Israel. And he expected something from them. But look at verse 2. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. Now this is important too, because vintage time was the fifth year. And five is the number of grace. And that's important. Because it was all about grace. The Lord gives us grace. He gave Israel grace. We're always saved by grace. You know, people talk about the, the mean God of the Old Testament and the nice God of the New Testament. He's the same God. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him righteousness. We've always been saved by grace. Now, he set apart Israel for a purpose. And that's why we see some of the judgments that come against Israel because they rebelled. And they got into idolatry and they went wayward. But vintage time was the fifth year. Leviticus 19 tells us this. It says, When you come into the land and have planted all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as uncircumcised. Three years it shall be as uncircumcised to you. It shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, a praise to the Lord. And in the fifth year, that fifth year of grace, and in the fifth year you may eat its fruit, that it may yield to you its increase. I am the Lord your God. And so God himself is saying, I required, I expected fruit from my vine dressers, from the ones I trusted with the word, from the ones I trusted with my law, the ones I trusted with my precious people. I expected fruit. But he received nothing. He received nothing. And so in this parable, though, we see that these servants, the servants that the master sends, that the owner sends, they clearly represent the prophets of God, the prophets of Israel. And we know how Israel treated the prophets of God. I just want to remind you, you know, three of the big prophets, we, we have Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Do you guys know what church history tells us how they were killed? 
let me tell you this. Isaiah was sawn in half, according to church history. <laughs> Do you know that? By the religious leaders of Israel. Sawn in half. Isaiah. And maybe it's because his book was so long. I don't know. But I think it's just because they were a rebellious lot. They didn't like what he had to say. Isaiah was sown in half. But what about Jeremiah? Well, we know he was already in prison. We see some of the abuse on him. But, the, but church history tells us he was eventually stoned to death for telling the truth of God. And then what about Ezekiel, one of my favorites? Ezekiel himself, uh, according to history, he was killed by the chief of the Jews because he went to the chief and told him, stop worshiping idols. <laughs> and he killed him. Stoned him to death. And so Hebrews 11.37, when we read this passage, we read this verse, it kind of makes some more sense. Look at this. Talking about the prophets of God that he sent to Israel. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Were tempted. Were slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and what? Tormented. That's the history of the vine dressers. This is how the vine dressers treated the servants. This is how the religious leaders of Israel treated his true prophets. And so with that context, look at verses 3 through 5 in Mark 12. Jesus is going to explain what they do, what they did to this servant. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them another servant. And at him they threw stones, wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully treated. Verse 5, and again he sent another, and they killed him, and many others, beating some and killing some. This is the history of Israel. And again, these religious leaders should have known this, but for some reason their eyes are blinded right now. Jesus is laying this out as a stern rebuke against them. And they still don't understand. They still don't see. And you know, I hope we are never those people. I hope we aren't those who keep hearing the same message from God, but we're blinded to it. I know in my own life, that's, it's been that way sometimes, where God will just keep sending the same message to me over and over, and I'm such a knucklehead at times, and so, you know, thick-headed. I know that's hard to believe. I know. But, you know, and then eventually you say, oh, this is for me. You know, one of the funniest things I ever heard was a, a pastor was talking about, you know when you're at church, and you're sitting there, and you hear a message, and you think, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear it. Really, that message is probably for you, <laughs> so just take it. But you know, that's often what we'll do. We'll think, oh, that's for somebody else, and we don't hear it. But these men of Israel, they're blind, and they're the vine dressers, and they don't even know it. But we see where the master sends a servant. They send him away with no fruit. It says they, he sends more until eventually they start killing the servants. And here's the thing. We know this is not a true story. This is a parable. Because if it was a true story, we'd question the sanity of the owner of the vineyard, why do you keep sending your servants? All they're doing is beating them and killing them. But we know this is a parable and this is a principle about God. And what a wonderful thing that he keeps sending his servants. Because you know, this is, all this is displaying is how patient our God is. Do you know how patient he is with you and me? He was so patient with Israel. He gave them every opportunity. He gives us every opportunity to change. Have you ever noticed in your life? I am so thankful. We talked a little bit about it last week. I'm so thankful I don't get what I deserve. He should have squashed every single one of us like bugs many years ago. But he saved us because he loves us and he's so patient. What a good God. What an amazing God that we serve, even when we don't serve him. And that's what was going on here. He was so patient. He built the vineyard. He built the wall. He built the tower. He built the vat. All the vineyard, all the vine dressers had to do was reap the harvest and take the rewards and just give a little bit back to the owner. That's all. He did all the hard work. All they had to do was just reap the harvest. 
But they didn't want to do that. They wanted the credit. They think it's their vineyard. They forgot who owned the vineyard. And they just keep killing and beating and sending away his servants. Because they obviously do not respect the owner of the vineyard. Ultimately, they do not fear him. We know in the context of God, that's the issue. Whenever you and I fall into idolatry, whenever we get wayward, whenever we get our focus off of God, what seems to dissipate is the fear of God. And we take for granted the grace and the mercy and the patience that God has given us. And yet, he still gives it to us. (laughs) But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. These men do not fear. The vine dressers do not fear the owner. Because why? Because he's gone away and he hasn't visited uh, himself And I think this is so important to remember because, you know, these men had to willingly do that. These vine dressers in the story, they had to willingly rebel. They had to willingly forget who the owner was. They had to willingly rebel and go against him. And, you know, I was thinking about this and praying about this. And one of the things that came to mind was 2 Peter chapter 3. Just recently, in the last couple weeks, I was talking to some Christian pastors. And they were telling me they no longer believe in the rapture. One of them believes in it, but he, he now changes his opinion about when it's going to happen. And one of them was just kind of mockingly saying, you know, the same thing that we hear all the time. Oh, yeah, you guys, you've been talking about that at Calvary Chapel for so many years. And Pastor Chuck predicted it more than once. And how come you guys are always obsessed with this? And uh, I don't even defend that stuff anymore. I just go, okay, whatever. Um, we're going to go forward and we're going to believe because the scripture tells us we're to be ready. And it's called our blessed hope for a reason. But Second Peter I was brought to mind as I was studying this out and thinking about people in these days that are similar in the sense that they just reject the truth of God. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4 says this, Knowing this, first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You see, they have an idea and they have an understanding of Scripture. So what they have to do is willingly forget. And that's what we find out in verse 5. It says, For this they willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. I see this a lot today where people kind of discount the flood as, oh, you know, it's a myth. Or they just won't even talk about the judgment that once came on this planet. The judgment that came on this planet was because the people became so sinful, so evil, so rebellious, and God had to wipe them out. Start fresh with Noah. I won't go into all the theology of that. But here's the thing. God is bringing judgment again. We know he's going to bring it by fire this time. And we have to be aware of that because, number one, it should provoke us to live holy and righteous before the Lord. And number two, we want to take as many people with us as possible. A new ark is being built. It's called the rapture of the church. And yet, people many times in today's church, they hold the doctrines of the good report. You know, there's a whole movement out there, we've talked about it several times, that declare that the church is going to just get bigger and bigger and better and better and take over all the elements of society, and we're going to usher in the kingdom of God. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) good luck with that. That's not what the scripture tells us. But yet, they would rather believe that because they want to hear a good report. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. 
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.